All guests appear via the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline, including Chris Manning, who joins us now on the hotline in the car. It sounds like maybe making his way back from this Martin Scorsese movie. Chris, we need a full review. Uh, was it on a scale of one to ten? What are you giving it? Five, I, I go on the letterbox scale, Spencer. Yes, I am in my car driving back to down to Cleveland. Five out of five. Marty cooked. You got to go see this movie. <laughs> you got to meet him on his level. Be an adult. Use the bathroom before. Don't complain about the run length and meet the artists at their where they're coming from. This is a brilliant movie. It is. Of, I'm absolutely floored. I, I'm a movie guy. Like I'm a Scorsese like fanboy. Like I think a lot of people are. Um, I I'm absolutely floored by this. And if people have read the book that this is based on, Killers of the Flower Moon by David Grant, the movie doesn't just like repeat the book it's its own it changes mm. the camera angle on the on what you get in the book to some degree in it they're they're great together like this makes me want to reread the book i'm not much of a book reader i'll just flatly admit that but um wow. i know i've heard good things about this one I, I i i do mean to read more books i just never do and i i don't know why it's honestly a problem i probably do need to read more books but uh, I definitely want to see the movie because I've heard good things about the book and I've heard good things about the movie now. So I'll have to make it a priority. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Chris. What okay. If you had to do like a top five Martin Scorsese movies, what are they? This isn't on the spot. I think about this more than I'm willing to admit. Um, <laughs> more than you think about the Cavs questions that I'm about to ask you after this. <laughs> if you're going to ask me about Imani Bates, the answer is yes. I do think about Martin Scorsese more than I think about Imani Bates. Um... <laughs> Goodfellas. Okay. Is that five? Let's do it in reverse order. That's one. That Goodfellas is, no, I'm, I, oh, okay. do I have to do one? Okay, do I have to do one? No, I, I don't, you already started with one, so that's fine. Start with right. one. The rest, the rest, okay, if I'm, I can't do it like an ordinary top five. I can give you a rough top five. Goodfellas okay. is one, though. Like, that's like the all-time Stone yeah, Cold classic. Great. great. Um, King of Comedy's in there for me. Mm. Um... Hard out to put the departed in there. Another classic. He's got so many. It's so hard. Raging Bull. I, I'm a big Raging Bull guy. That's a really hard movie to watch, but it's incredible. And then five would be. I think there's a case for Killers at five. If I'm being honest with you, that could be very of the moment, but I think it's up there. I, I think, think Wolf of Wall Taxi, Street has to make drivers up there. Well, wait, what, what, oh, Taxi Driver, you said? Yeah. yeah, Taxi Driver has to be close to that. I mean, like. I don't think he has, like, a bad movie is the thing. Yeah, that's why it's hard. I, I think yeah. I'd probably have to have Wolf of Wall Street in my top five somewhere. It might be Oh, you five, know what? Yeah, no, yeah, that. yeah. That's, like, an important movie for, like, people our age, I think, Spencer. Agreed. Like, I think the So many meaningful moments. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and it's, like, and for me, it's, like, I, that, that's probably the second Scorsese movie I saw in theaters. Mm. I think I saw The Departed. Departed would have been first, for sure. And then I think Wolf of Wall Street would have been second. One of my favorite memes is uh, just the, the the Leo standing at the office with the microphone. I'm not even leaving. I love that. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> yeah, I personally take. I, I personally dream of taking. I don't actually mean this, but I personally would love to know what it would feel like to take like a, a bunch of pain pills from the 70s and like float around. 
and just like <laughs> be numb and like crawl to my car. Well, hopefully you're not driving home after taking some uh, quail. No, I am. Tonight. I am. I am drinking a bottle of Dasani <laughs> that isn't very good because Dasani's not. Dasani, a, yeah, a good not, not, yeah, Dasani's yeah, not great. It can, no. it, there's like a whole trick with Dasani. They apparently make it so that you keep being thirsty and you want more Dasani. That's like the whole thing. Uh, Spencer, next time you see BJ Evans, ask him about bottled water. I learned a lot about mm. bottled water from head of Cast PR, BJ All right. Evans. I'm going to ask him. I, I was just talking to him yesterday, actually. So I, if I had known that, I would have brought it up. But I'm going to bring it up now, next week. There you, I'm gonna bring there you it go. Up. All right, Chris, let's get down to brass tacks here. We appreciate your Martin Scorsese ranking, though. Uh, he, Chris Manning, Locked on Cast podcast, of course, joining us on the hotline. Outside of the core four J- – Jax, our board op, says it's not a core four anymore. He's he's axed uh, Jared Allen off of it. But outside of the core four, which role player do you think is most pivotal to the Cavs season this year and them having success? It's true. It's not. It's true. He's right. By the way, that it's not a core four. It's a big. It's a core three, and then Jared Allen's like hanging out. But it's Max True. <laughs> he's hanging. I mean, like, I'm sorry. You played like you did in the playoffs last year. Like, it's you, fair. You, you, yeah. It's Max Struess, though. I mean, I, the preseason, the way they've used him, the way he shot it, just the letting the looks go, even if they're not all going in, he's been really essential. And I think that kind of shooting, it's an easy button for you on offense that they didn't have last year. So, to me, there's, there's zero question so, that it's Max Struess. So I'm not going to push back on Struess. It's obviously an easy answer or a solid answer. But I kind of thought outside the box with it and said George Niang because – I think what's interesting with Niang is he's going to give you the opportunity. You mentioned Jared Allen just kind of hanging out. I think there's going to be times where you're going to want to go small with this lineup, and he gives you the flexibility to be able to do that if you pull Jared Allen off the floor. And I don't know that that's a lever that J.B. Bickerstaff really had at his disposal last year. Here's the thing about that, though. Number one, I think because of his defense and because he's not a, he's not historically been a good rebounder, Niang's going to be capped out at, like, 20 minutes. Mm. Like, I think he's going to be firmly capped – Struis is going to play like 30 minutes tonight, and I think he's going to close games. I think that is like the ultimate trump card for this, right? Like, Niang's going to be really important. I think Dean Wade is going to have some support. I think there's a role for Isaac Okoro. But I think Struis is the guy that clearly is going to play the most minutes, is going to start, and is going to hold up better as a two-way player when the, when the season gets down to it. Well, you just, you know, crapped all over my answer, but that's okay. No, I'm just kidding. I don't mind. That's the whole point of this show. We're supposed to have conversation. Uh, talking with Chris Mannion on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. When was the last time the Cavs, you think, had this much depth? Because I do think that's been something that has been very much on display oh, through the preseason is just that this team is super, super deep. Man, that's a really good question. It feels like it's been a while, right? Like, it feels like it's been – it's funny because I, mean, I, I thought they were deep last year, and then obviously that fell apart pretty quickly. Yeah. And we realized they weren't. I mean, I think like everyone they've got is when like Okoro and Dean Wade are now like kind of more kind of fighting for minutes and positioning. That tells you something, and I, you know, this feels like maybe you get back to like it feels like maybe like the last LeBron year just be, and not even that team wasn't that deep, but it's like they were built around a bunch of different guys they could throw in there after that, those moves at the deadline. Yeah. So maybe that's the answer, but like everything they've done at the very least in like the Darius Garland, Evan Mobley era, it's certainly the, the deepest group. I think that's for sure true. Just if you look at the guys they added and you look at the fact that you feel like you have 
10 guys that I think you could, 11 guys that I think you could feel comfortable playing depending on the matchup, depending on how they're playing on a given night. What's been your biggest takeaway from the preseason? Again, it's only four games. It's only the preseason, but there's been certain things that we've been able to sort of pick up on, whether it's Evan Moby's development or the depth, like we mentioned, or even uh, that name you mentioned earlier, Imani Bates. It's a pace. I think the way they've played on offense has been much more purposeful. Yeah. I think the way they're getting across half court at like 18 seconds when like initiating the offense then, instead of Garland and Mitchell taking their time, has been a big difference. And I just think the sets they've run have been more varied as well. They've run sets with Evan Mobley as the as a creator from the elbow. Max Struess is operating on the short roll. Guys are in different spots on the wing. There's more cutting. There's more crashing. The offense is like looks like it is going to look completely different. And more than anything else, that's the biggest change I think the team needed to see. That's the biggest evolution I think last year's team had. And something you had to do when you go out and spend the money you did on Struess and the Yang, right, and bring back Harris Silver. I think the way they've built everything, you had to evolve the offense in this way. And, 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 you know, four games, all that stuff, certainly some mixed match lineups and, like, not everything's perfect. Jared Allen obviously hasn't played. But that's, that's like, the that's hitting a – that's about as good of an indication as you're going to get in preseason is how the offense looks for. I think it's a really big deal if it holds up. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. It's, it's been very noticeable along with the fact that Struess's presence obviously has made the, 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 there be more spacing inside as well. So I think those are two of the biggest things that I think everybody's kind of taken away from the preseason. Uh, a few minutes left here with Chris Manning, Locked on Cast podcast. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at CWM Writes. Uh, let's talk real quick about Imani Bates. I understand it's the preseason. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself here. But I know fans also want to get ahead of themselves, and they want to they want to see this guy have more of a role in the NBA level. How much do you, how much time do you think he spends up with the with the Cavs actually? Because I think there's a case to be made that he's he's shown some nice things where he probably does deserve some playing time uh, at the NBA level rather than just down in the G League. But at the same time, we just talked about it. Like this team is so deep, I don't know where he finds meaningful minutes up here either. I think barring injury, it's not a lot. I think that, and I think honestly, Spencer, that's the best thing for him. As much as he shot it well in preseason, he's still 19 years old. He's still very thin. He still has clear issues on defense in terms of being in the right stance and knowing where to be and knowing how to move. He has work to do coming off the screens. He has work to do just being an NBA player, being an adult who's going to maybe have a more normal situation this year as opposed to what he's had the last couple of years with everything he's gone through and what his what his college career was like in going to Memphis and Eastern Michigan. I think I, I think it root for him. I think it's a great story if he works out. I think it's a it's a cool opportunity for the Caps to, to develop someone. But I think this is a year away and, and honestly I, I think it doesn't do him any favors for fans and I think JB Bickerstaff who said if he was drafted in the lottery he would be in the rookie of the year conversation. You can't you're getting way too ahead of yourself with that I think when you say something like he that fueled the, and he that fueled be, the fire for sure <laughs> and, it's, and, and that, that's the case any year but particularly when you have Victor Wembanyama and you say that that's just a crazy I'm sorry I love J.B. Bickerstaff I love talking to him he seems like a great guy he's usually I think you know talks to us and doesn't like blow reporters off that's a crazy <laughs> that's straight up just a crazy statement it's an absolute blasphemous yeah. statement for where Imani Bates is at the best thing for Imani Bates 
if you play maybe a couple games here or there based on injuries, get to spend some time with the team on the road, but spend a lot of time playing for the charge, getting some reps, being in the weight room, and being a professional for a year before you have any expectations or a chance for him to have to actually have to contribute at an NBA level. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and the nice thing for him is he seems like he's in a perfect situation for that with the Cavs being good, and he doesn't have to feel the pressure of contributing right away. So we'll see how it all works out. Chris Mannion, again, follow him on Twitter, at CWMWrites. He is one half of the Locked on Cavs podcast. Chris, I will let you go, man. Drive safe. Appreciate your movie reviews and your Cavs thoughts as well. We'll, we'll catch up again soon. Spencer, see you very soon. Need to get you back on the pod soon as well. Let's do it. Absolutely. Sign me up, man. All right, we'll book something. Sweet. Appreciate you, Chris. Take it easy, brother. Later, buddy. Good stuff. Chris Manning, as always, bringing the heat. I like what he had to say. He he, he poo-pooed my – I almost said something else. He poo-pooed my uh, George Niang take, but that's okay. I was just trying to think outside the box, guys. It's radio. We got to have some fun here. I can't just give you the standard Max Struess answer like everybody else wants to give, okay? Let's take a break. When we get back, we wrap up the show, and we talk about Deshaun. Should he play? Should he not play? Final thoughts on that to get us out of here on a Friday.